0: You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. We've interviewed many video game developers over the years, but today we have something a little different. Dark Horse are a powerhouse of a publisher in the world of comics and graphic novels, with an illustrious history that spans over 15 years. Among some of its most famous series you'll find the likes of Star Wars, Buffy, Hellboy and Sin City. Not only has Dark Horse made a name for itself among comic book fans worldwide, but a large chunk of its work has crossed over into other entertainment mediums, including television, film and particularly relevant to us, video games. I teamed up with comic book fan and PSU editorial assistant Richard Archer to speak with director of custom projects Nick McWhorter specifically about those video game tie-ins that Dark Horse have taken on and turned into successful series and spin-offs. We're talking about the likes of Mass Effect and The Last of Us and series that it's currently working on with IPs such as Eve, Dust, The Witcher and Tomb Raider. It's an interview that should appeal to those who love comics and video games as we take a trip down memory lane to see where Dark Horse's love affair with video games began and find out why it believes that Sin City would make a great console game, why it was a dream country working with Naughty Dog, and how the upcoming The Last of Us DLC was influenced by their comics. Without further ado, here's the interview in full. I hope you enjoy it. So, when I think of Dark Horse comics, I immediately think of its domination of movie based comic series like Star Wars, Aliens, and, and many others. Whether you've been involved in many popular video game times and art books, Where did it all begin, and when was that moment you realized that video game tie-ins were going to bring success?
1: Well, um, you know, we had done various games, you know, prior to to Mass Effect, where where we kind of kicked off uh, our modern um, gaming publishing program. Um, We had done some different game-related comics in the past. You know, years ago we did something for the first Diablo game. Um, oddly enough, we, we even did a comic for for Mist. Um, so, um, so we've done a few different things um, in the past, uh, as well as various um, things that were tied into marketing programs. Uh, but I think, uh, really, it began with you know the the, the medium of games uh, had gotten to a point where story was significant um, and interesting and compelling. And uh, as far as Dark Horse goes, when we look at um, entertainment properties. you know we're always looking for for great stories, um, great places to tell stories um, with comics. So whether they be film, um, television, uh, and now with with games, um, you know, it's really just about about finding the right stories. and And I think that that kicked off and in, internally um, us seeing Mass Effect be such an amazing story driven game. Um, to uh, to approach Bioware and, and talk about ways to collaborate to to tell
0: stories through comics. Sure, I mean you might agree or disagree with this, but video games and comic books are arguably two like very different mediums. Both can sort of emotionally connect with fans, but one offers a choice-filled, sort of hands-on experience, while the other offers a more linear, episodic visual experience. Why do mm-hmm. you think these two mediums work so well together?
1: Well, they certainly do have, have, have major differences, um, and as far as, you know, the uh, interactivity um, and engagement of games, you know, it's it's, it's a whole different level, um, and, and the amount of time you spend as well. Um, I think the, the one thing that uh, they have in common that that works really well for storytelling is that they are both visual storytelling mediums. Um, they're both things, you know, and and in most of our, uh, comics that we've done, we've worked with the writers of the game itself in some capacity. Um, so, you know, being that they, they write scripts that are going to be, uh, done through visual storytelling, even if a comic is a little more linear and and not as interactive, um, I, I think it, it still comes naturally. And I think for the reader, um, it, it, it comes naturally as well. Um, in addition to that, there's the obvious kind of Demographic connection that uh, mm-hmm. that really it's the same it's the same audience that's uh, that's gaming that's also uh, picking up comics out there.
2: Um, our listeners would certainly be very interested to know how it all sort of starts. You know, how do you, that's the initial process of taking on a video game franchise. I mean. Do does developers approach you or perhaps you, you know, when you're having one of your weekly meetings or what have you think, oh, you know, I played a video game the other night. That would make a fantastic comment. You know, how how does it all work? How does the initial process start?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, each, each property um, is different and, and has its own kind of creative uh, collaboration. Um, but I would say, uh, like I mentioned with Mass Effect, it was – it was very much, um, you know, people internally here. You know, I uh, talked to editor Dave Marshall um, about the game. Um, he really loved it. He thought it was a great, uh, a great place to tell science fiction stories. Um, he'd read the novels as well, um, and we really saw that it was, uh, it was one of those properties that was about to um, really open up um, the possibilities of that universe. They were just heading into Mass Effect 2. Um, so you know, after some conversations on the the BioWare and later EA side, um, you know, we we were really proactive about approaching them and and seeing you know how we could work with them creatively to make a, a compelling comic story, um, with you know us really wanting to do something that's compelling um, from a canon storytelling point of view of yeah. really how yeah. you know how do we take that same kind of thing that we've that has been done with star wars fiction you know whether it's comics novels um or what have you um for 20 plus years um where where everything kind of adds layers to the world everything in that expanded universe um you know helps helps build on it and you know how do you take that same approach at a at a new ip just kind of breaking out into into that kind of space and uh and and figure out ways to tell stories there so that was uh that was our approach um with mass effect And, and after that it was really about like okay you know this is great and, and fans are receptive and, um, and and picked up the books and um, and, and working you know directly with uh, Mac Walters with uh, oversight from Casey Hudson um, you know we then were like okay well let's you know let's continue to find great stories with uh, with games that we can uh, we can approach to do comics and and try our best to work creatively, directly with the people behind the games themselves and um, and, and tell great stories.
2: I mean, that's fantastic to see so many people involved at so many levels who actually been involved with the games themselves, I think that's probably what makes the, the, the comics themselves such a success. I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, sticking to canon. Um, I think one of the things that's always impressed me with the Dark Horse series, especially the Mass Effect ones, is how accurately the the you know the artists portray. The Mass Effect characters, even things that perhaps have only been glimpsed on screen or characters that perhaps are only secondary in the game. I mean, how how closely do your artists work with the artists from the Mass Effect series to make sure that both sides of you are happy with what goes into the printed page?
1: Yeah, um, we work very closely with them um, and with with the the art teams on that side. Um, you know what they do is provide us all. You know, Mac, Mac Walters will lay out either a direct you know outline of what the kind of story that he's looking to to tell in the comics, um, and from there we know okay, based on this kind of storyline that's based on these characters and these settings, um, we need a certain amount of reference of the the ships and. Uh, you know, if it's, you know, the Aria story in, uh, Omega Base, uh, or, you know, when we had Farron in our first Redemption story, mm, yeah. being able to, you know, figure out what a Drell was when Mass Effect 2 hadn't even come out yet. And were developing that. And so, <laughs> yeah. okay. um, so they gave us, you know, all the necessary, you know, full 3D renders and everything to provide the artist, um, to follow with those. Um, and, you know, comics are always going to be a little bit different. The comic version, um, you know, the style of art in comics um, is is not going to be, you know, slavishly accurate to the game and and it, and it doesn't need to because comics, you know, it's its own medium and, and it lives yeah. and breathes on its own. Yeah. It's a storytelling medium. Um, but you do need to follow the style of those characters and and make sure you're true to the characters and not, you know, you can be stylistic but you need to, to make sure that you kind of follow Um, the structure and the things, you know, obviously that are important to to Bioware and the developers as well as the fans.
2: I mean, we've seen how well you've coped with, you know, Mass Effect 1 to 3 and carrying on the stories. I Mm. mean, any any hopes for what you what what you want from mass effect 4 perhaps when it comes out you know that you want to see perhaps a straight evolution of the story arc or the gameplay will you be looking for something new entirely i mean as a fan and as a, as a comics editor what 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 hope what what do you hope for from mass effect 4 um
1: well for mass you know for the next mass
2: effect um you know i'm
1: i'm really just excited to to go back to that world um, and be engaged with it i'm excited to see you know the the graphic capabilities um, of what they're going to be doing with next gen, um, and 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 what they've been developing there to see what the new studio is doing, um, and you know as always I'm excited to to see new stories in that world. So, um, you know I, we're we're excited to, when when the opportunity arises to to be able to dig into that and be able to tell some stories around you know what they're doing next with Mass Effect. Um, so uh, yeah, you know, I I think that that just generally getting to getting to go back there um, and uh, and seeing you know what what they do with it
0: next
2: um, is uh, is what I'm most excited for. <laughs> probably all yeah. of us are probably feeling the same. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah but on the on the subject of Mass Effect, I know you, you dabbled into merchandise as well, didn't you, with the ship replicas and statues? Yeah. Why, why did you decide to go down that route? Is that something you've done before with? With other comics, or this was the first time you've done it for a video game uh, time. Um,
1: this was the first time for a game. Um, you know, we we've, we've done it for many years. Um, you know, whether it was the the ships that we made uh, for Serenity. Um, you know, to actually show the Serenity ship and and, and other vehicles from that show. Um, you know, we've done many different kind of products, lines for Hellboy and Conan the Barbarian, um, as well as things that we don't have any kind of publishing tie in such as Game of Thrones and, and the lines we're doing there. Um, but, you know, when we do have a compelling IP and certainly something that was just just kind of moving out into doing product and collectibles and things like that. You know, we were just coming off, they were just coming off Mass Effect 2. It was hugely successful. Um, and we looked at what we'd done before, uh, starting with the ships that we developed for Serenity um, that, that were quite successful. And, um, and we, uh, we thought, well, you know, the Normandy's an iconic ship. Yeah. Um, you know, let's, uh, let's make a cool replica of this, work on uh, this, and uh, and see how that does and, and, and kind of carry it on from there. And now we're doing, you know, limited edition, large-scale Normandy's, uh, Reapers. You know, the, the products division's actually right outside my office, so I get to see, nice. you know, all the new toys as they come in before <laughs> the, the rest of the world does.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, would you branch out from that into, I don't know, perhaps like a video game action figures, and or is it sort of IP dependent, or you know, whatever franchise you're dealing with you take it one step at a time?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, we're we haven't done a lot of action figures in the past, but yeah. interestingly enough,
0: we're just
1: um, we're just starting um, to do action figures for Game of Thrones right now, mm-hmm. um, and uh, those are going to be really detailed uh, uh, collectible action figures. Um, that'll be rolling out so you know we totally be open to it it's all depending on of course if um, you know if another uh, licensee is doing it which i think for mass effect that that, that has been done um, i know both from a more a more mass market figure as well as the square enix you know the really detailed figures that I they sure do yeah. the higher end ones
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but you know we're we're certainly open to exploring um, that for Mass Effect and, and other IPs, um, you know, it just kind of it just kind of depends on if it's the right fit and if it's the right kind of thing that fans are going to go pick up.
0: I mean, one of the other big big IPs that you're tackling is uh, EVE and does 5 on 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they have the most fanatical gamers. I mean, I went to EVE FanFest um, in Iceland early in the year, and these okay. I've, ne- I've never met a group of people who are so <laughs> fanatical. <laughs> I mean, what? What can we expect from what you're doing with these two franchises, and do you feel pressure to get it right for those fanatical fans?
1: We definitely do. I mean, we do for any any kind of game property that we're working on. We know people are extremely passionate, and, and Eve is some of the most passionate um, fans that are, that are very, very engaged in that game and the storytelling. Um, you know, I think we're working on both the... Um, the comic uh, graphic novel program as well as the, the Eve source book. Um, And, and we do feel the pressure to really, you know, really follow the stories. Um, And in this case with the the graphic novel stories, the stories that um, have been created by the fans, some of the best content in Eve historically has been um, really what the fans have done, the various, you know, heists and missions and thousands of people teaming up from different countries um, to to really do things on such an epic scale that have never been done in MMOs quite like that, um, you know that's that's really the what we're pulling from uh, to tell the stories that we're doing in the Eve True Story series is uh, is try to find some of the best of those um, and uh, and make a great graphic novel story based upon you know those those fans' experiences.
0: Okay. Um, and is, and Eve sources the Eve source is the what's that? Is that artwork from from the franchises?
1: So EVE Source, it's not uh, it's not technically an art book. There will be some concept art um, in there, um, but EVE Source is actually a lore book. Um, so okay. it's going to be an in-game lore book telling you about uh, the races, the planets, um, the various ships, the contingents, um, and giving you a, a bunch of detail and background on really that universe and world that's uh, – that, that, much of it has never totally been explored within the game, especially seeing things on kind of a, you know, a grassroots level of actually what what different planets and contingents are like. Yeah. Um, so we're we're really working directly with them um, on that, and they're you know they they're really developing all of this lore. They've been developing it for years, but you know, figuring out the way to best tell it to the fans through the Eve source book. So I think uh, I think fans are going to really be pleasantly surprised um by getting to see all these different bits of lore of that universe that uh, that haven't really been explored before.
0: Excellent. And when when can we expect it? Have you got a launch date for it at all?
1: Um so eSource is uh March fifth. Um so uh so that'll uh, that'll be out there a nice uh coffee table book um that's gonna really cover that universe in a way people haven't seen before.
0: Excellent. And also the the, the Witcher, um what drew you to that franchise? I know that's quite a fairly recent announcement, isn't it, that you're doing something with those guys. I mean, I presume it's, uh, once again, a sort of narrative-driven decision?
1: Yeah, it's totally. Um, yeah, we just announced that at the New York Comic Con here about a month ago, um, and we're collaborating with uh, CD Projekt Red um, on that one um, to, you know, same kind of thing, that uh, there's really deep, compelling story, um, fans are very engaged in that that story and world. Um, it's based on um, a, a series of books that were uh, very popular, uh, particularly in uh, in Central and Eastern Europe. Yeah. Um, so we figure it was really a right to uh, to tell additional stories and and explore further in the world of comics.
0: So uh, are you dealing with like an extension of the Witcher universe, or are you dealing with the story that's been told so far?
1: Um so we're telling a story it's going to be it'll be prior to the uh, events of Witcher 3 okay. um it will be focusing on Geralt um yeah. and uh and it will be a canon story um so uh so it'll definitely be uh you know an interesting and compelling exploration of that world in comics um and uh, I can't say a whole lot because we've got uh, a few months until that first issue comes out. Sure. But uh, but certainly uh, certainly going to be a lot of exciting things to to tell and explore um, uh, with The Witcher, and, and and look forward to being able to do a lot with that for uh, for for a while to come.
0: Have you seen much of the new game? Because I mean, we've been covering it obviously a lot, and yeah. we, we had an interview with CD projects not so long ago, and they were talking about how they were sort of pushing the. The boundaries of you know PS4, Xbox One. Um, to sort, I mean, the graphics that we've seen Mm -hmm. and the screenshots look incredible. Have you have you seen much of the game or much of the? I've seen
1: um, I've seen a couple different uh demos. um, Yeah, probably some of the same ones that have been shown at like E3 and Gamescom and all of that. Yeah. Um, it 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 looks absolutely amazing. Um, it uh, it looks like there's so much uh. To explore between, you know, the main story and side stories. I mean, it really uh, a place you can be, um, you know, involved with for, you know, 50, maybe even 100 hours or so. Um, and, uh, so everything I've seen has been, uh, quite impressive and, yeah. and very exciting.
0: Fantastic.
2: Um, I was just, uh, interested because I know. Dark Horse has got so many different franchises and uh, mm. a lot of them have been turned into video games. Um, Hellboy, for instance. I and mean, I seem to remember even in the dim and distant past, um, Izagi Jimbo getting an old game in the old Commodore 64 days. Mm. Um, if you were to look at all the different franchises now that Dark Horse is sort of putting out for the fans, um, what do you think would make the best video game out of the ones that you've, you've got?
1: Um, I would probably say 2 would uh would be great and 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 actually come up quite often as as possibilities. Um, Hellboy um, first and foremost and I do know that Konami did the game around the time of Hellboy 2. Um, and uh I'd really like to see a Hellboy uh that explores the comic story in the comic kind of settings and, and, yeah. and really based on that background and character. The one that Konami did that and Guillermo del Toro's films are absolutely amazing. Um, but it's, you know, for people that are familiar, it's a, it's, it's a different Hellboy. Uh, Manuel you even said like Guillermo's version <laughs> is really it's, its own thing at this point. Um, and, uh, and I think sometimes when they do games based off of movies, um, you know, there can be challenging timeframes and, and trying to get this different likeness mm-hmm. and everything. Um, whereas the comic, you know, between Hellboy and and, and also the BPRD, um, there's so many amazing characters and so much great lore, um, great monsters uh, and excellent stories to tell that uh, that I would really love to see, you know, a strong console game, um, whether it's you know an independent um, downloadable type game or a full you know a, a full kind of packaged major release. Um, I think that that uh, That's a property that would be really exciting to explore in games. Um, and then the other one being Sin City. Um, I think that, uh.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sin City, I've always imagined would be a really cool open world game where you really, you're Mm -hmm. you're experiencing that city and the stories, um, through the different characters. You know, you look at what they've done with Grand Theft Auto IV, you've got three characters' perspectives. Um, imagining doing that with, uh, you know, the black, white, red, and yellow. If you count uh, that yellow bastard, um, yeah. and uh, and doing some cool open world game um, with the cars and characters and, and, and brawling, and, and of course, um, of course, utilizing the the story in the seven books that have been uh, that have been created.
2: I was interested that you said uh, Sin City would make, work well as a sort of uh, GTA clone. When yeah. I, as soon as you said Sin City, I viewed it in my head as more. Um, I don't know if you played Tell Tales, The Walking Dead. Um, I could see it's working just as well as that, I suppose, which is the strength of the, the comic itself, isn't it? it? It would lend itself to so many different types of game. Um I mean, we'll also, I mean, you know, while we're linking into comics um, based on franchises, Last of Us, um, the prequel that you put out, it was mm-hmm. great um, to see that you're working with Neil Druckmann. Um, hopefully, perhaps this is the start of some more uh, comics with Mr. Druckmann that we might be seeing?
1: Uh, we hope so. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Neil Druckmann had... Um had done a graphic novel, um, prior to working on The Last of Us. Um, it was called, uh, A Second Chance for Sister Sarah, um, an independent, um, book that he, uh, he developed. Um, and, uh, and so he had, you know, experience doing that and writing graphic novels and, uh, and he was excellent to collaborate with, you know, obviously, uh, uh, a great storyteller, um, in, in what he created with The Last of Us game, um, really something that made you think about games, uh, in a different way than uh, certainly I have ever before. Um, and having him directly um, co-write the graphic novel with Beth Aaron Hicks uh, was great. It was a great experience. Um, it was a very juicy story that um, I don't want to spoil anything mm. in the game for anybody, but you certainly had, you know, some elements that um, th- that resonated within the game. I, I believe they even um, – uh, re- changed a couple moments in the game because of the impact of characters that were introduced um in our graphic novel um as well as uh a tie into the new story DLC that's going to be coming um soon so i think uh you know that that was such an excellent collaboration and really more than we ever could have dreamed of working with naughty Dog. so you know we'd love to we'd love to figure out uh more ways to collaborate with him creatively
2: yeah i mean i think everybody would be would be mad for that i mean the Last of Us, to me, is, is, is filled with characters and stories, not perhaps to a Mass Effect level, but certainly, you know, to, to a good level. Have you ever thought about perhaps taking some of the other characters, um, you know, of Joel's brother, perhaps, or um, doing stories with those? Uh, within Last of Us, since we explored Ellie in the
1: story that we, we produced.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: you know, we'd love to, there's a lot of compelling characters. I mean, you know, you Ellie and Joel, uh, obviously the main ones and the main characters of the story, but, um, you know, there's, there's characters like Bill, um, there, there's, there's many different ones that are within the game that, uh, Marlene, um, you know, there, okay. there's a lot of people that you could explore stories with, and if you've seen what we've done with Mass Effect, because yes, Shepard yes. is, is off limits because he is the player. Um, mm-hmm. most of that we've we explored were companion characters. Um, you know, were were the the other characters that are aboard the Normandy. So, you know, I think that there's lots of different um story to explore in Last of Us, um, and, and quite a timeline considering that um, you know, in the game you have Joel, there's about twenty years um that yeah. you didn't see Joel and then how he became the uh the kind of hard edged, uh, guy that you, you, you find, uh, you know, at the beginning of the main story of the game. Um, so, you know, we'd, uh, we'd love to explore really, really any stories that, uh, that they're looking to explore, uh, with the game and, and that they'd like to, uh, collaborate with us on further comics. Excellent.
0: So, I mean, moving, moving away from the franchise onto something more, more general that's affecting the video games industry. Mm. Uh, I'd be interested to see whether it's the same with comic books. We've seen a massive shift towards digital downloads over the last five years. And obviously these new consoles, it's all about getting stuff from the PlayStation Store and, you know, the Xbox Live Marketplace. Yeah. Are you seeing that trend with your digital site? Are people basically giving up physical comics for digital ones, or do you think there'll always be that space for physical comics? You know,
1: interestingly enough, I, we're not. Comics are actually doing quite well, um, right now, you know, they're up considering that there was, uh, oh gosh, you know, maybe three, four years ago, um, they were talking about print is dead and then borders closing about a year ago or two years ago. Um, you know, that, uh, everybody, I, I, remember in the industry that there was a little bit of overreaction going on there, um, but we've actually seen comics, uh, as an industry up, um, up a bit this year. Um, You'll get probably one of the biggest successes is Walking Dead um, with Image and and, and all those books uh, doing very well on a mainstream kind of scale. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we really see digital more as a complement um, and not a cannibalization. Um, there's a different audience that wants to read digital comics. Um, the, the gaming audience is perfect. We see those trend um, very high um, comparative to the print editions um, in a different way than maybe the tried-and-true comics that have been big successes and single issues with the direct market like your you know Hellboy and, and, and Sin City and, and those kinds of titles we actually see the digital pickup um, be quite large um, for the, uh, the gaming titles um, with Mass Effect probably being you know one of our best sellers overall um, yeah. uh, uh, through a series so um, so yeah I, I guess I'm seeing it more as a compliment um, than really something that we're losing print readers because they're going over to digital
0: I mean, the fact that you, you guys have worked on so many big-name franchises now, um, where, where do you go from here? I mean, what franchises are there at the moment that you would like to work with, that you might be planning to work with? Are there any teasers, basically, that you can give to us?
1: Well, one I know one that we missed in the list here um, that's coming really soon is uh, Tomb Raider. Um, oh, yeah, of
0: sure. course, cool. yeah. Yeah, so
1: we're, um we're releasing a new ongoing Tomb Raider series, uh, in February um that's going to be really telling the the stories um of uh of Laura Croft uh following um the the Tomb Raider game that that released about a year ago yeah. um and that's going to be written by Gail Simone who's uh, got quite a following um has uh, really you know the, the stuff she's done particularly when you get to Marvel and DC and and all of that um she's quite well known um from writing strong and compelling female characters and, and excellent storytelling uh, about them, so we thought she was really a perfect fit, um, you know, to work with us as well as Crystal Dynamics on that. Um, so that's you know that's one that's, that's coming pretty soon. And I think people are going to be really excited, especially while they're waiting for the next Tomb Raider game.
0: Yeah, is that, um, is that the first two the first time you've worked with the Tomb Raider franchise?
1: first time we have yeah. know, it was uh in the 90s um you when know, <laughs> uh Laura crop was a different character than the, the reboot one um
0: well she's top more attra- she's more attractive now definitely
1: yeah you know it, <laughs> i i think she was a little more of a, a, a pinup style um yeah
0: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's a the like 90s. Yeah.
1: um and so you know top cow did a series that was extremely successful they launched in 1997 and it was actually the number 1 comic Overall, it dethroned X-Men as the number one comic of the year, which X-Men had kind of ruled the roost for all of the 90s. Um so it certainly was one of the first video game comics that, uh, that was very successful. Um, and they, they published it for, for many years there. Um so, uh, you know, so I, we're really excited to kind of, you know, do that again, um, now that, uh, the character, you know, it's, it's a, it's a little more grounded, there's a little less, um, fantastical things going on. Um, you know, I, I think in some ways we were very much. We looked at the new Tomb Raider and being a publisher of Buffy for so many years, really saw a lot of that—that um, that strong female hero that Buffy was in 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 the the, the reboot version of Laura Croft—and and thought it was a great fit considering our our background um, working with Joss Whedon on Buffy for so many years.
0: It's been great. So having to into Dark Horse this evening. And, and have you on this special edition podcast, Nick. So thanks ever so much for joining us. Yes, yes, thank you very I much. I do have one more, one more question to maybe sure. put you on the spot a bit. Um, yeah. If you could pick one of the following four PS4 franchises, just one, to turn into a comic book series, which one would uh-huh. you choose? Would it be Crash Bandicoot, Final Fantasy, Watch Dogs, or Infamous? Um
1: I know Infamous has been done and it's, uh, Superhero story, you know, could do could do explore there. Yeah. Um, the you know, being the fan that I am, um, that uh, you know, I I go back to the '80s and everything, and and we just came off of doing a a Zelda book that was probably our most successful book of all time, um, as well as uh, a Final Fantasy art book um, called Sky that uh, was. Yo- Yoshitaka Amano's works from the first five Final Fantasy games. Um, I think that it'd be Final Fantasy. Um, love yeah. to tell stories there. Um, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's so many stories to tell in that world. Um, you know, I don't know if it's possible to, to be able to do that, but, <laughs> yeah,
0: um, be crazy. But, you know,
1: yeah, but it's, it's something that there's, you know, so many great fans of it. considering that we've worked with Amano, um, on this, in this art book set, um, here, you know, that, uh, I, I think that that would be a great fit to tell stories
0: with comics. Excellent. Well, where, where should people go if they want to know more about Dark Horse and want to see what you guys are up to? And-
1: yeah, I mean the best place to go is darkhorse.com, um, as well as follow us on Facebook. You know, every new announcement, particularly when there's a show, when we're making lots of different announcements, those are going to go right up on um, on darkhorse.com, on our Twitter, on Facebook, um, and, and keep you updated on, um, on on the the next thing coming around the corner from us. You know, we're there's many other things we're, we're exploring and talking about with games that I can't talk about here, but um, but there'll be, uh, be some exciting things to come uh, in the next year.
0: A massive thanks to Nick from Dark Horse for joining us on this special edition podcast. If you want to know more about Dark Horse then please do check out the website www.darkhorse.com and its Facebook page for regular updates and join PSU.com and the PlayStation Unchained podcast at our regular time every Monday. Just check out PlayStation Unchained on Podbean or iTunes to subscribe. Good night.